0: Hey.
1: Hello, and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug, with me is Christina. We're nerds, this is our vomit. But first, let's address the elephant in the room. There are two of them, one obvious, one not so obvious. The obvious one, Christina, is that the next time you decide to make out with a coworker, who then mutates into like a half giraffe, half person, who then dies uh, in a swimming pool from an enlarged heart, keep it out of my dreams. She's speechless, folks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have no words for that. All I can say is go me.
1: <laughs> eh. You don't know the coworker, and no, I'm not saying it on air. So we're I'm glad f-
0: I'm not the coworker. I don't want to know.
1: So we're finally back uh, in our little uh, nerd cave vomit cave. Ugh, I don't like vomit cave. Um, I'm gonna start calling my mouth that the vomit cave. It's like always said that um, throwing up is aborting a boarding of food, baby. Yep. But anyway, um, moving on. Uh, we're back after you know we've had inclement weather, we've had scheduling issues. Um, admittedly, perfect timing to release the uh, Ming Na Wen. Uh, interview uh, with you know she she being on The Mandalorian which we are so going to talk about.
0: Yes, I'm so excited. Um,
1: And that leads me to the less obvious uh, elephant in the room. Let's talk about the whole Disney Plus thing and then we'll kind of probably move into The Mandalorian there tangentially. You got Disney Plus. I did. I did not.
0: I pre-ordered it and I did go with the yearly subscription because it came out to be cheaper. So, so far I'm enjoying it. It's reminiscing of a lot of good old childhood like Right now, I'm currently watching Gargoyles. I'm my childhood from the mornings. It's Deb, great. Yeah,
1: Deb had mentioned that uh, a couple of weeks ago on on uh, No Applause, just the Club. It's
0: fantastic. A lot of other things like going back to like That's a Raven, you know, Lizzie McGuire. There's like the show's bonkers. You're watching That's So
1: Raven. No, not you right now. I am watching Timon loser. and
0: Humba which I had no idea was had so much adult jokes in it until I started rewatching it well even (laughs) them in the
1: original Lion King had semi-adult jokes Um, and then there's the one called uh, I didn't watch it it's called The Lion Guard and I think we talked about this like one of our first episodes together yeah with Scar yeah yeah. and why
0: he had the name Scar and the play on of it yes
1: yes 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 we don't need to rehash that (laughs) horribleness Um, are you enjoying it?
0: I am Very much so. At first, they didn't have like a continue watching section, kind of like Netflix does, and that was the one biggest thing that I was like, "Why is this not on here?" Because now I have to go back through and search everything. But then they luckily went back through their system and Disney added
1: that. Yes, and it's not something we have to update.
0: It just came in through the system, and I was really happy when I saw that.
1: I am sick of the advertising for Disney Plus. I know, I know, I know. It's a new product. I know it's been out for what two weeks, Mm -hmm. three weeks tops. Um, but I am sick of seeing fucking commercials for it. Like, it's a thing. It's made billions of dollars, they probably. They 10 million
0: downloads, like, on the first day yeah. or whatever. Yeah, well,
1: enough that, like, it started crashing servers. Yeah. Like. But, like, it's a thing. It's big enough. It doesn't need a whole lot of advertising. Like, I get it. It's out there. Yeah. Disney has a streaming service. Please stop inundating me with, like, fucking ridiculously vague ads because it just shows like we have Star Wars we have Net Geo we have the Simpsons we well, all of their
0: advertisements there's got to be at least Marvel. one or two that you liked
1: um, I like the one that had the Simpsons in it where, I thought this so funny, yeah, the one yeah was cute yeah. Um,
0: I like the one where they kind of take clips of all of the different shows and it says like we are all now together as like a very first Advertisement. Yeah, but the it? Simpsons
1: are not part of. I mean, that was their not the deal Simpsons.
0: Was, but when they had the, like the Marvel and Marvel and all the Marvel other and Disney uh, ones. Lucas, yeah, uh, the
1: Star Wars stuff and Nat uh, Geo. Well, I, I didn't know Disney owned Nat Geo until this all happened. So
0: you're behind but, the times, there, Doug. Yeah.
1: What well, was that? A couple. <laughs> the last time we recorded, you broke my brain with the whole ESPN thing. Um,
0: <laughs> I remember that. I officially speaking, broke Doug. Broke Doug.
1: But speaking of. George Lucas, let's really get into the meat and potatoes of this. Well, the meat not the potatoes. The Mandalorian has been, of course, blowing up the internet, blowing up Twitter, blowing up everything. I originally didn't talk a whole lot about it because at the end of the first episode, there's a huge spoiler in which, where the Mandalorian, I'm going to now spoil it, and don't worry, I've got that on my description. Um, The Mandalorian takes a 50-year-old bounty, manages to complete it, and it turns out it's a, for all intents and purposes, baby whatever the fuck Yoda is. Um, I say that because his species has never been revealed. I actually looked this stuff up. Um,
0: so it's not even on the internet. Like no, it's not even in any of the
1: novels, comics, nothing.
0: Do you think they'll release his species in the Mandalorian?
1: I don't think so. I think John Favreau's got enough. John Favreau's the executive producer, head writer, and showrunner. Um, rumor has it he's going to be handed the next trilogy as opposed to Ryan Johnson. Um, Interesting. Well, I would say that based on how things were received by fans, The Mandalorian is a critical darling, obviously a huge hit with fans, uh, whereas The Last Jedi was kind of lukewarm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, of course, have my opinion, which I've probably said ad nauseum, but I will repeat, that when Force Awakens came out, everyone basically said, well, it's like a new hope of different characters. You know and yes there's some reverence there yeah um and then ryan johnson said well okay you want something different here's something different and star wars people were like man we don't like it it's different and you're like well fucking nerds like, like what do you want do yeah you want like, what to do, be do you want or like, do you want it to be different exactly you're gonna well nerds are gonna fucking complain no matter what um, yeah that's
0: what
1: we do <laughs> and the, uh, we either like
0: it or don't like it
1: <laughs> and uh and even if you do like it it's
0: There's still something to complain about. Yeah,
1: I mean, the fucking prequels. Well, I think universally the prequels are looked down upon. But, um, so Mandalorian has been fucking fantastic. So
0: I have a question just from, like, the Star Wars trilogy. How far before, like...
1: It's after, actually, is what you're asking. Oh, it's... Uh, it's, So it's five years after Return of the Jedi. Really? It's five years after Return of the Jedi. But Yoda's already
0: 50 years old. Baby Yoda, apparently.
1: Yeah. Yoda's been dead for whatever it is, six years, seven years, however that works out time-wise.
0: Huh. So it's five years after the Return
1: of the Jedi, yeah. So Luke and Leia and Han are all running the Republic. They talk about that. Um, There was a very weird, confusing scene with money on the first episode where they're like, oh no, these are Imperial credits. I don't want those well here's some weird jelly discs and you're like what the fuck like, I don't know how money works um, that is the one thing I gotta give Star Trek is they went money doesn't exist it's just some kind of weird universal barter system yeah and I don't know if John Favreau was making fun of that and going like hey on Star Wars the other side of that sci-fi fandom we're gonna make money so incomprehensible as a <laughs> joke um, that's
0: true so now I know where it fits in the timeline. Yes, so five years after
1: Return of the Jedi, they talk okay. about the Republic. Okay. Um, and obviously, the the stormtroopers you see are kind of like not necessarily in hiding, but uh, reclusive. Yeah. Um, in the kind of the darker corners of things, um, they're not well kept up. Uh, you yeah. can tell by their armor.
0: Especially. in They that still
1: can't hit anything. That was the joke of when they actually shoot the Mandalorian in the shoulder, and you're like, and they both stop, like, holy shit, a stormtrooper actually hit his target. That's a joke, since stormtroopers are known yeah. for their shit aim. Uh, Middle those helmets, no peripheral vision whatsoever. Um, but what I—we don't need an on-the-air sign. Uh, and don't worry, we're we're okay with interacting with outside forces. Uh, oh,
0: okay. Kayla was yeah, a reference there. Yeah, Kayla was on one episode. of our first episodes
1: together. But anyway, um, what I really like about Jon Favreau being the head writer is that there's some DNA that I think you might be unaware of Um, and it's something I saw on the first episode the DNA on one thing on the first episode the DNA on another thing on the second episode the DNA DNA of Lone Wolf and Cub which is one of the oldest Japanese comics Um, it's about a masterless samurai who finds a baby and adventures abound um Obviously, that's just going to obvious comparison. Yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian and the Baby Yoda, for all intents and purposes, we're going to call him um, or her. It could be a her. We don't know that. Yeah. It's only got a little like Yoda. It's it. It's yeah. It's an it. Yoda could have both. It's sets an it of,
0: that likes to push buttons
1: <laughs> and suck on a stick shift. Not a euphemism. We don't know. Yoda's race could be hermaphroditic. We don't know that.
0: No, we don't. No, Can't speak yet. Let's,
1: let's, uh, let's... Now, that's another question. Is Yoda's, like, syntax, I mean, is that species-based? Like, species based? Now, oh, when that yeah. baby grows up, is it going to yeah. be able to be like, would I would like some ice cream, ice cream. or it's well, like, ice cream ice I would, would like... like. Yeah, exactly. Based like, on, is it going to have the inverted... I don't, I don't anyway, I'm not going to get all fucking <laughs> English nerd about it, but... <laughs> yeah, but is it going to have like, that inverted but syntax? All the also... And this is something where Jon Favreau's talked about it, uh, that growing up he played Dungeons & Dragons, uh, and that taught him how to build worlds, move stories along, um, build characters, develop characters, and he's never been shy about that. And I will say, looking at the the DNA of The Mandalorian, you can see the DNA of Dungeons & Dragons. Because if you've noticed, it's very much... uh, Every episode... Do quest achieve goal? Like and I've the second Guild the se- is in
0: there. Like the
1: well, the second of- episode is a perfect example because his ship gets uh, his ship gets stripped by Jawas. Yep. And then it's like, well, now I need to like go get the egg, and it's like that is very Dungeons Dragons. Yes. It's like go into a town, come across a quest, do quest, get thing, get. Loot. don't
0: die in said quest
1: <laughs> Get, yes oh god when baby Yoda first moves the space rhino it's like oh shit I can't
0: yes and it implies
1: they that, that they are midichlorines which is a much is maligned is thing from the prequels but it's like like germs in their blood that make them force sensitive yeah. it's bullshit um I'd rather just not know about the force I don't want it explained it's a very Patton Oswald I love the stuff I love I don't care where it comes from yep um Show me the Death Star. I don't care how the plumbing was put in. But yeah, like, the whole, like, come into a situation, there's a quest, get loot, move on. Um, Very Dungeons and Dragons, and you see that with, like, him putting, getting the egg to get his, like, ship parts back. Yeah. Um, You also see uh, a bit of that lone wolf and Cub DNA on on the most recent episode, Sanctuary, where he teaches a small town how to fight they're like marauders Yep. which I mean admittedly is also the basis of Three Amigos but same DNA um, but very Lone Wolf and Cub uh, and I love uh, kind of seeing kind of behind the curtain on this kind of stuff and deconstructing how Jon Favreau's doing it and I think he's going to write five or six of the eight episodes okay so there is going to be like a strong creative voice I'm glad they don't really have like a committee so to speak yeah Um, i've seen that with other shows agents of shield um where it does seem at some point there are too many cooks in the kitchen so to speak yeah so um how are you liking mandalorian
0: good i'm really enjoying it as everyone is i am in love with little baby yoda and all of his just little child tactics like wanting to steal the orb or the ball off of the little
1: pushing buttons like a cat. Yep,
0: pushing buttons and then giving the stare as he's like reaching for it like, uh, uh, I can do it. And then, by far my favorite so far with Baby Yoda is when the Mandalorian and the...
1: By the way, you can can call him Mando, which is the best, worst nickname. When Carl Weathers just starts going, Mando! And I was like, is that what we're really calling him? (laughs) Like, that's like just having a, a, like that's like calling the unnamed gunslinger in um in like a fistful of dollars and good bad. And it's like just calling him bro.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like hey bro, where to like come in that bounty? Like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Man without a name trilogy. Yeah, it's like just calling him bro, or it's just you're like just like yeah Mando.
0: But then he's he's fighting the ex-rebellion fighter? I just can't remember the, she Yeah,
1: she's a former former rebel shock trooper. That's uh, it. Her name uh, off the top of my head I, I can't think of That's but apparently it. she but
0: They were fighting and all of a sudden you just hear a slurping noise and there's just Baby Yoda sipping on his He and just his appears breath. out of nowhere. He
1: no just soup. It's like and he's like do you want anything else? And he's like nope just this the, the soup.
0: soup for the kid.
1: Um, I like that they've uh, once again expanded the Mandalorian mythology which is like if he takes his helmet off in front of someone else he can never wear it and again. I on that,
0: he was so close to taking it off when the, the At the lady, very yes, end? Oh, when the lady then. was... Yeah, but then And like, then it was just like, mm, no.
1: No, no, he, he can't. It's And that's the, that sense of duty that comes from yeah. characters like Lone Wolf and Cub, or like Lone Wolf. I feel like he has a lot of loyalty to um, the
0: Mandalorians, too, because from the back the previews of Hand too, is that they saved him when his parents and village were That's destroyed. during the Clone Wars. Oh. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and rewatch all these movies now.
1: um You can skip Clone Wars. That's that's one of the prequels. Yeah.
0: In,
1: in fact, the 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 Clone Wars, uh, which is the episode two, I have described as C span with monster masks. Because it's a lot of like political and not even yeah. intrigue, but just like it's like watching like a British parliamentary.
0: Can't forget Samuel L. Jackson's in there. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, he actually got to pick his own lightsaber color. The purple. Uh huh, Mace Windu. Yep. Motherfucker goes out again. the He's the, the only Emperor. one with a
0: purple lightsaber, isn't
1: he? Yeah. Yep. Well, so, so far. We'll so we'll see what we'll see what colors I can unlock in my uh, Star Wars okay. Fallen Order game. I didn't get my pre-order color, which I'm still kind of twitchy about. You got a
0: pre-order color for pre-ordering the game.
1: Yeah, I get a I get an extra color of lightsaber for uh, pre-ordering. So I got all of the like premium skins for. Um, for my robot BD1 who's awesome uh, and the ship that we fly around in the Mantis but I didn't get my orange lightsaber
0: well then you need to get your orange lightsaber
1: yeah but I don't know who to complain to George <laughs> Lucas hers? isn't answering my emails anymore <laughs> um, and GameStop I mean I've got the code I haven't, I, but you know I haven't googled like if there's a lapse Yeah. and maybe there's a patch that whatever because um, I've got everything else um, and I, I don't think it gave me any extra skill points. But that's a whole other story. But like, it's fine. I've got green and blue, so I've got like the kind of Jedi colors yeah. right now. Yeah. And I no already. Red yet? Oh, and I unlocked that uh, that double double lightsaber, double sided lightsaber, like Darth Maul. Like <laughs> ooh <so laughs> early because it is ooh so worth it.
0: Do you have to say the ooh anymore?
1: <laughs> nope. Uh, well, no, we we'll started talking about other things, but. Yeah, Mandalorian's been great. It actually gives me a lot of hope for all the Marvel shows. Yeah, like that they're gonna do things right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they know they can't fuck up Star Wars. They know they can't fuck. they know they can't fuck up Marvel because
0: you'll get a backlash. Oh, the fandom! Time. The
1: fandom will tear them apart. Oh, when- like
0: we did with Sonic, how we cyber bullied them into totally recreating Sonic. <laughs>
1: Okay, that did cost <laughs> less money to fix, but I do agree with the sentiment of, like, everyone should go see it to show them that we will support them changing it when we said it looks like shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they should be rewarded for changing things based on that backlash.
0: When I think with that new trailer, with Sonic, a lot more people will go see it. I
1: haven't watched it. It just looks like super speed. What's that Easter Bunny movie that uh, Cyclops was in, too? Because, um, uh... Because the guy who plays Cyclops in the original X Men tr- uh, trilogy? Is he's the guy that helps Sonic fight Jim Carrey or something? I'm a little lost in the plot exactly.
0: Um, oh, that Carrie. I just don't know his name. Uh,
1: James Marsden, I want to say. I'm, I'm. I know he kinda... played in the
0: movie Hop, but that's about it. That's it. That's okay.
1: Because he had another like little CGI buddy. Um, yeah. So he had the bunny that like shot jelly beans or whatever it was, and yep. now he's got Sonic. Yep. He needs to make better career choices.
0: He was also in the movie with 27 dresses.
1: Was he? Yes. Um, don't know. Didn't see it. Side note. Not my thing. Chick flick. Well, yeah. So. Like rom-com. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much. The most sophisticated rom-com that I, I'm actually a huge fan of is Shaun of the Dead. So. Haven't seen it. You've never seen Shaun of the Dead? No. Oh, my God. Okay, one, <laughs> the writing is immaculate um cuz one structurally speaking it is a romantic comedy it just happens to be during the zombie outbreak or a zombie outbreak thank you kayla and uh secondly there's like this like whole running thing of like they have like the same conversations multiple times but with different contexts like okay. before the zombie outbreak, Sean runs into like one of his old like university or college like friends, and they're like, "Oh, how are you doing? Surviving?" And he means that like you know just generally like you know like I say like oh, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Um, and then they end up running into into each other in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, and it's like, "How you doing? Surviving?" And at the very end, there's they have that conversation again, with, uh, once in a different context. Um, that I'm a ruin if you haven't seen it, but yeah, Sean of the Dead. Uh, the first of the Coronetto trilogy, which is a um, you know the our ice cream drumsticks, yeah. So Coronetto is like kind of the British equivalent, but they have different flavors. Like regular, which is I believe blue, red is strawberry, and green is mint. And there's three movies that they put together: uh, Simon Peg and um, why am I blanking on? Oh, Edgar Wright is the director. And in all uh, in all those uh, these three movies I'm about to mention, uh, a character is always eating a, or eats a cornetto. Gotcha. Um, so in Shaun of the Dead*, it's red for blood. Yeah. In uh, uh, *Hot Fuzz*, they're like action cop one, which I once again highly recommended, is blue for police, and then *World's End* is green for sci-fi.
0: Gotcha. All right.
1: So, which I highly recommend all three of those movies. Uh, *World's End*. It's one of those. It got better the more I watched it. Okay. Oh, wow. um, but *Shot of the Dead* was such a high bar, and *Hot Fuzz* was just below that for a yeah. high bar. Um, what are we on?
0: We got so sidetracked there for a bit, but we uh, we're finishing up *Mandalorian*. Then we talked about different CGIs.
1: Uh, I'll just wrap up on *Star Wars*. So I've been playing. Uh,
0: That's where we left off. The *Respawn* video games.
1: and EA's yeah uh, *Star Wars Jedi: Fallen Order*. At first, I was a little underwhelmed by it. Um, Story was kind of a slow start. Um, But now that I've unlocked, like, Well, now I'm on the five planets. Um, But one of the planets is Kashyyyk, which is the homeworld of the Wookiees. That was a lot of fun. Um, It's basically, gameplay-wise, very much, I'd call it a cross between Star Wars uh, Force Unleashed, which I loved, uh, and Uncharted, which is a game franchise I've talked about, yeah. Before, um, but it's basically action adventure. Um, I've described it as Uncharted with a lightsaber. Um, I mean, you do have like an RPG aspect of it where you build skill points, uh, yeah. unlock moves, unlock you know extra health, extra force. Um, and I love the robot. BD1 who like he kind of like hangs on your back like a like a backpack. Yeah. Um but they went to the same guy who did the beeps and whistles for R2D2 for BD1. So it's kind of interesting like when they interact like when you're like climbing things and whatever yeah. and you can almost hear like the emotion when BD1 does his like beeps and whistles. Um it's it's a lot of fun. Nice. Uh I I finally kind of become engrossed in it. Um it finally kind of grabbed me about maybe a third through. Appreciate you. Sorry, saying goodbye to someone. Um, But yeah, once again, it kind of took uh, probably about a couple hours to kind of really grab me. Okay. Uh, Once I started unlocking moves, unlocking more health.
0: That's kind of how I'm feeling right now with um, the new Zelda game, game Breath by Wild, because I just started it. Got it on Black Friday. Yes, I was a crazy Black Friday shopper. Yeah, I I I got a new game
1: for Black Friday. I got a
0: Switch for my birthday, and one of the things I was going to do on Black Friday was buy myself a game. And I convinced my parents to get me two other ones for my birthday, or for Christmas, which is going to be Final Fantasy X and Pokemon Sword, or Shield. You already have Sword? I have not yet. I just knew I wanted that one more than Shield, so I asked them for Shield.
1: You wanted Shield more than Sword? No, you want Sword? Sword more
0: than Shield, so I had my parents buy me. Shield for Christmas because I knew I was gonna buy a sword on my own. Oh
1: gotcha. Okay, that's where I, you actually lost me on that one. I was <laughs> like, wait, hold on.
0: Yeah. But back to Breath of the Wild, it just started and it's I have to find the time to really sit down because it is slow at the beginning because I'm trying to figure everything I've I've out. I've never played a Zelda my cousin agrees that I will like it. You've I've
1: never played a Zelda game. Ever? I've never
0: played a Zelda game. This is my first Zelda game I've ever played.
1: This is like the eighteenth Zelda game too. I know. This is like watching <laughs> like Avengers Endgame having never seen a movie and you're like Who's the purple guy with the butts? Uh, but the, the thing is, is, there is no okay, connection to sack. the previous
0: games for this Zelda one.
1: Oh, no? It's no. Kind of, kind of a it's kind It's like on its
0: own. Okay. Because my cousin played it and I said I have no idea what's going on. And he was like, you don't need to worry about it. Like, it's its own kind of okay. thing. But it's really slow right now. And I'm just like, I need to find the time to really sit down and actually get through like that first 30 minutes probably.
1: By the way, if uh, the music is uh, being picked up, uh, it's going to be ranted and it's going to be awesome. It's one my favorite yeah. punk bands.
0: One thing is, is I was walking down a path and I didn't realize there was a monster and I got a little bit of a heart attack there because it came out of nowhere and I was not ready and had no idea what I was doing.
1: No, yeah, there's a, there's a planet on Fallen Order, this will, I'm not being obsessive, um, where you're going to have to like keep going back to it, leaving it, going back to it, like as you acquire, like, new skills. Yeah. Like, certain climbing skills well, or like a double jumps.
0: too, where you go to a world and then you have to leave it and then you have to come back to finish another, like, tier of it. Yeah, but, Different like, concept, but...
1: As I progressed through... Uh, the planet's called Dathomir. As I progress, I figured out, like, where the guys were gonna jump out. But, like, the first time I was on there, I was like, holy fuck! There's a dude there now! Um... Yeah. And the... The, the, the denizens of... If you want to be freaked out... I don't know how big of a Star Wars fan you are now that I say it. Um, because you're not well, really. I'm a nerd
0: and I'm on your nerd vomit so I should know at least some well
1: the, they're called Night Brothers uh, and they're the same race as Darth Mull so All right. they look demonic so every time they pop out you're like it's not only like just some guy popping out it's like some guy with like horns and
0: red and, and white and going like and fuck you blood. Jedi
1: It doesn't say fuck you Jedi but like that's a, basically the sentiment as they yeah. swing their fucking glowing club of doom <laughs> at
0: me yeah and then another part in Breath by the Wild which I was yes, like right, I'm not sorry. ready I ran through, and I had to walk past this tower with a monster on it, and I walked slowly to try to sneak up on it, and then it blew the horn, so I just started running, because I was like, I am not ready for a horde to come after me, and I just ran, because I had to walk a
1: through. Horde? Is that what you said?
0: That's what I'm going to call it, because it was like multiple monsters, and I didn't, I wasn't ready to take on all said monsters. Also, in the very beginning, when I unlocked the tower with the tablet or whatever, I had to jump down, get down from the tower. But I didn't know how, so I jumped off onto a platform, then jumped off said platform, and I dropped like ten stories and died.
1: Oh no! <laughs> I, I, I've been doing that on—I've been doing that was on, like, well, on uh, Fallen Order so many times. Luckily, they just put you like back on where you dropped off. Yeah,
0: but I was not—I was couldn't figure out where the platforms were to jump down, and all of a sudden I just jumped. And I was like, "Well, I'm falling. I'm falling. I'm, I'm dead." That is my intro onto me playing Breath by Wild. There will be further information as I play
1: it. Speaking of just hitting a wall, uh, not one of my best segues, uh, let's talk a few series finales. Yes,
0: because you've been watching quite a few series. I have. I've been on a
1: watch binge finally. Um, this one's going to be kind of short, and then I'll get into the longer one where I'm going to bore Christina Death with Superman <laughs> mythology. Um, but Not first, against it, though. The Good Place Season 4 series finale Um
0: so they, sad to find that that's a series finale.
1: Only four seasons, and I didn't realize it was only nine episodes. I thought it was going to be an even ten or twelve. No, no, it's nine, and it just ends with Chidi, who's going to be tasked with redesigning the afterlife. Question marks. I never really yeah. like follow that up. That's why I'm wondering, like,
0: what's happening? Yeah.
1: But he, you do finally like, get kind of Chidi's backstory. And he has this note at the very end that he had um, Janet hang on to. Janet's like kind of this omnipotent vending machine, I guess you'd call okay. her. Okay. Um, and he finally, when his, all of his like 800 lives of memories are restored, uh, he reads his note and it says, basically, there is no answer. Like he's, his whole like, premise is like he's a philosophy teacher. He's looking for like the answer. Yeah. Um, 42, if you were a, you know, Douglas Adams fan. Um, But he gets this note, and it says, and that he wrote, and it says, there is no answer, but Eleanor is the answer, which is Kristen Bell's character, who they're in love. Yeah. So it seems that, like, the answer is just finding someone that you can spend your life with, which is very sweet. But very unsatisfying as, yeah. as a series finale, because it's like, okay, but like, how does GD redesign the afterlife? Does the system get fixed? Now, yes, it is semi-satisfying that like those answers or those questions don't get answered. Yeah, um, that, we, that we now we don't know. You and I, like as viewers, don't know about the afterlife. We don't know about their point system. If there is, if there even is a point system, and how we're supposed to be. But we know we're supposed to be good to people. We can get better. And to find someone that you love that loves you back. Yeah. Very sweet. Once again, emotionally, cosmically, like, like as a human being, it was very satisfying when I break it down like that. But as a viewer, I was like, a oh, fuck you. Yeah. Um, it's very uh, Deb and I have a, a, one of our favorite authors is Neil Stevenson, and he's known for. Um, the climax on like the last um, and I mean like in writing not coming um, in case that was a question uh, but he always puts his climax uh, like four fifths in so you just feel like you're dropped off a cliff when he starts doing like resolution in the denouement yeah. um, which is like the wrapping up of everything um, not sure if you know what denouement meant Edgar Allan Poe created it it means untangling of the knot or untangling gotcha. in French, uh, but it means like yeah, like kind of the aftermath of yeah. the resolution. Um, that's what it felt like. Is like just them taking us up to the edge, going well. we only got like one episode, and shove, and just deal with the fall.
0: And you're just like, what? What's going on? What happened? I want more backstory on from going like, to gonna happen? Z. But on that note of Kristen Bell, switching topics a little bit, okay. went and saw Frozen on my birthday.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frozen 2. Frozen,
0: frozen 2. Let me clarify. Frozen 2. Um,
1: Still Frozen.
0: For warning, there I will probably be some is, spoilers is, in this.
1: Or, or Froze Harder. <laughs>
0: frozen
1: froze 2. Froze Harder.
0: But we know that there's... Per,
1: permafrost. Make <laughs> I'm tough.
0: Yes. There is different, you know, spiritual elements based on the fire, earth, wind, and water.
1: So Anne is a bender, is what you're telling me.
0: Not Anna. Anna has no magical power whatsoever.
1: Elsa. Elsa's a bender?
0: Yeah. Bender of magic. She is called what's called the fifth element that brings them all together in pieces. No,
1: the fifth element was Mila Jovanovich. She likes chicken and bangs Bruce Willis at the end of the movie. Do not fuck with me and Fifth Element. <laughs>
0: On that note, I remember watching that in Radio Shack when Radio Shack was still around.
1: What's a Radio Shack? <laughs> Fucking millennials say.
0: But... Anyway. It was a good movie, overall. It was very good. It was very nicely I heard it's paced. it's not as good as the first. No, but what sequel usually is as good as the first?
1: Godfather 2. Empire Strikes Back.
0: Minus a few actual good sequels that... But most of Disney sequels... Winter Soldier. We're going to move from the Marvel Universe back to Disney.
1: I said Godfather and Empire... Well, I guess Empire's Disney, but...
0: Okay, from what was previously not known as Disney... But most of Disney's animated are usually not always as good as their first. Some are, but this one was good as a middle ground movie. So like they could do a third one because it didn't. It was
1: good. Oh, that's an open ended.
0: It's not quite open ended. Elsa ends up staying in the enchanted forest, and yes, Anna becomes the queen of Arendelle. Spoiler alerts, by the way, people. So yes, Anna becomes the queen of Arendelle. Anna stays in the Enchanted Forest with the Nordic people. Arendelle's
1: that place where Liv, uh, Tyler lives in uh, Lord of the Rings, right? That was a joke. It's a joke about fictional <laughs> okay. like, fairy places. <laughs> I could have said Glendale and been like, you know, ha, ha, ha.
0: So that's what kind of happens at the end. But there is one scene, five minute long, that I absolutely was very unhappy with.
1: Graphic rape scene. No, oh. it
0: was, this, it, as my friend and I described when we would see it, in late 80s, early 90s, hairband love ballad with Kristoff, trying to confront his feelings for Anna.
1: To where Kristoff was the bad guy, right? No, Kristoff
0: was the guy that had the reindeer that fell in love with right, Anna. Right, right, right,
1: right, right, right.
0: But there was a scene that if you were to Google, that looks exactly like...
1: Like a point video? Or, no. Oh. Queens.
0: Bohemian Rhapsody cover art. Where it's him oh. and then... The, yeah. But oh. well, reindeer in the background. And imagine the reindeer singing and there's Kristoff. And at one point, he's leaning against this tree singing. And then they do the close-up zoom-in of his face. And he's singing. And it just threw off the entire movie.
1: Just takes it right out of it, huh?
0: Yes. But then it brings you back in. But that was the most, like, useless five minutes <laughs> of the movie. Because also, I had no idea what to do with him.
1: I just want to say... Uh, when I say graphic rape scene, I just imply <laughs> that, like, someone just bends Olaf over, like, the, like, gimp scene from Pulp Fiction. Not anything, like, you know.
0: Olaf does die, but comes back. Because he's magical. Well, then he doesn't
1: die. Resurrected, at yeah, best.
0: Yeah, he's resurrected.
1: Well, he was a fucking snowman, like, right? He's basically more annoying frosty.
0: But they knew what to do more with Olaf this time than they did the first movie. Okay. But they had no idea what to do with Kristoff, which is why, hence, they gave him a five-minute love ballad scene, which was absolutely pointless.
1: I prefer Josh Gad being in love with uh, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast than him being Olaf, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah. He was good.
1: he's obviously in love with Gaston. Obviously.
0: So that was my rant on Frozen 2. Good movie, though. So go see it.
1: Well, let's uh, see if I can not pull a muscle stretching for this. <laughs> Segway. Um, speaking of Frozen, there's a lot of scenes in a very icy part of Krypton. Yeah, that was that was ugly. <laughs> I Yeah. So I finished watching. Well, I started and then finished watching the uh, both second and final season of Krypton. I really did have high hopes for it because it's basically the villain season. You had Lobo, Brainiac, General Zod, and Doomsday. Um, Christina, jump in if you have any questions on anyone I just named. Right Probably all bat. of them. Well, you know, you know who Doomsday is.
0: Vaguely. Fuck.
1: Okay. Okay, yeah, we got time. We got time for me to get into this. So um, basically, like, I'll do a short, like, I'll a short, like I'll, uh, real quick, in case you don't know. Uh, Lobo is the last Caesarian. He's a bounty hunter. He can regenerate from a single drop of blood, um, and he's kind of a, a parody of like kind of the like antihero '90s, like when it was like Punisher and Wolverine and Ghost Rider, and everyone's tough and morally Im- ambiguous. It was kind of uh, he, Lobo was made to like, be a joke about that and, of course, it took off. Yeah. Um, he killed his entire race. Like, right. as a joke. Um, but he's, uh, it's a serious uh, joke. A known, he, well, he's known as like a... But he's like a, a cosmic bounty hunter. Drives around on a flying motorcycle. Yeah. Um, very, very 90s. Um, but on purpose. Uh, Doomsday, of course, is a Kryptonian biological weapon. The only person or creature... Um, that killed Superman in the 90s. Back when DC was like, we're going to shake things up. And we're going to, you know, uh, paralyze Batman, kill Superman, and make Green Lantern go insane and become a bad guy. Yeah, they just had to really shake shit up.
0: Yeah, no Um, kidding.
1: But Doomsday is this creature that no one really knew anything about. Um, He's covered in, like, bony protrusions that can actually break Superman's skin. And uh, Superman stopped him from wrecking Metropolis with, like, a kind of a joint cross punch okay um but that punch killed Superman who was later of course resurrected because he's a cash cow um because none of these characters stay dead paralyzed or insane no um comics that's Doomsday. he's basically an unstoppable killing machine
0: gotcha um right. mindless
1: just he's a bullet. you point him at whatever wants to be dead it's he kills dead. Him yeah uh General Zod of course made famous by Terrence Stamp from Superman 2 but uh basically uh Gen- uh, a military strategic genius um, from Kryptonian lineage, uh, one of Superman's most persistent villains, um, because not only has he got the Kryptonian powers, much like Superman under the yellow sun, but is like strategically uh, a genius. So he'll like kind of outthink Superman. Okay. Um, military genius. Uh, and then who am I missing in there? Oh, and then Brainiac, who, once again, weirdly Kryptonian. Uh, Kryptonian AI, basically, that um, basically steals a city from a planet, uh, absorbs all of its knowledge, and then destroys said planet while keeping, like, kind of the bottle city um, as a preservation. He's basically an intergalactic zookeeper. Um all right. making it sound stupid. It's terrifying and awesome. But this was kind of the season of villains. Um, I didn't know it was going to be the last season until I started watching it. And they talked about a Lobo spinoff, which would have been great. Uh, but low ratings from yeah. Krypton. Um, it introduced a bunch of things from Superman uh, mythology. But disappointingly, uh, the Krypton s- series finale okay, one, it was 10 episodes. It doesn't really get good until 207, which is not great. That means.
0: That's the comic book number, right?
1: No, no, that's the episode number. Oh, dang. It doesn't get good until like the last four episodes when they introduce a thing called the Black Mercy, which is from the uh, Alan Moore story for the man who has everything. And basically, long story short, this alien dictator uh, sends Superman a gift on his birthday, obviously, secretly. It's not like he signs it like, signed, you know, Mongol. Um, But basically, it's a parasitic plant that attaches to the host puts them into, like, a fantasy world and then, like, just feeds off them in a symbiotic kind of way. All right. And that was kind of Mongol's way of getting Superman out of the way. Batman and Wonder Woman Woman end up uh, coming across Superman in this kind of comatose plant state. Save him, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it's kind of like Superman's, like, fantasy world of, like, being Krypton. They introduce the Black Mercy in it. Attached to several different characters throughout the last four episodes. But introducing the Black Mercy was a genius stroke in terms of writing, in terms of introducing the the mythology of this thing. Uh, Alan Moore's story, like I said, for the man who has everything, is one of the most revered Superman stories ever. It got adapted on the Justice League uh, cartoon in the 90s and, uh, I'm sorry, maybe early 2000s. Um, They end up uh, subduing General Zod uh, with the Black Mercy. By the end of it, they end up. Uh, General Zod uses the Black Mercy to control Doomsday, uh, who ends up frozen and inert. I guess by the end of it, um, and of course, it ends on a fucking cliffhanger. I
0: Hate that. I hate it when that happens. It ends.
1: It ends on a cliffhanger on two different ways. One, uh, Brainiac steals Jor-el, which is Superman's dad. Uh, As a baby, and you see Brainiac and Baby Jor El like come to Earth, and Brainiac's like, "You will become a god here, and you will serve me." And you're like, "What?" What? As well as while searching for her son, um, Superman's grand grandma, Mima, who's whose name I suddenly forget.
0: uh, Yeah, Big Bang Bang Theory. We'll we'll use that as
1: a tangential thing later. but she ends up going to the planet Ran to try to help... Uh, try for the uh, Ranians to help her find her son of Brainiac. Once again, connect them mm-hmm. and take them to Earth.
0: Yeah.
1: And she finds herself in the middle of one of the most notable wars cosmically in D.C., the Ran-Thanagarian War. Thanagar, of course, being the homeworld of Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Hawk... No, I think Hawk Woman.
0: Yeah, it's Hawk Woman.
1: I think they're progressive enough. Yeah. Hawk Lady. Um, that just sounds like a lady who takes stuff to the pawn shop. <laughs> there goes Hawk Lady with her stolen bus. Is she going to be
0: on Pawn Stars?
1: There's, a, like, there's like a Ron Pawn joke there. Anyway. Um... Do I hope this gets resolved? Nope. Don't really give a shit. Um, I mean, I think it was nice seeing like her look up and seeing like, Thanagarians flying and that like els going to end up on Earth for some strange reason. Um, the guy who played Brainiac does a fucking fantastic job physically and acting because he's under okay. like seven hours worth of prosthetics. Oh. But it works. It the prosthetics works. are done
0: right and they make them look great.
1: Um, but Kry- Krypton was one of those shows that I wouldn't necessarily call it a throwaway like I really enjoyed it while I was like kind of getting into the second season and Lobo was quite the treat for three episodes um, just the part where he ends up getting his arm cut off by a force field and they're like ha ha we've trapped you and he goes yeah, whatever, shoots himself in the head, thus killing that body, but then he starts regenerating out of the arm on the inside of the force field.
0: (laughs) Oh, no way. Yeah,
1: like, because he can regenerate from a drop of blood. Um, So was just
0: like, I'll kill this body, and I'll kill this body. It was a lot
1: of fun. Um, Do I recommend Krypton? Not really. I mean, unless you're, like, super into, like, kind of... It... I can't think of, like I mean that's sort of what I've said. Like I can't think of another thing that kind of like dr- like drove me to it. Um, I think I watched it because it was such an interesting premise of like this is about Superman's grandfather and Adam Strange is going back in time to save Superman's legacy and does he do that? We don't know anymore. Next, um, yeah,
0: I won't. It's a show. bunch of
1: hot British people. I mean, it's almost like Superman meets Game of Thrones. Every woman's really. Dream. Oh. Oh his 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 granddad is quite hot. Quite hot. I'm securing my masculinity to say that.
0: But uh, when you say it it's totally fine, because it's you.
1: Well but maybe on you note, stop I making out with giraffe one in <laughs> my fucking dreams. Um
0: But on that note, you finished Titans.
1: Nice. You looked at my phone.
0: <laughs> of course I did.
1: Um, yeah, speaking of DC, uh, season two, not series finale of Titans. Holy Does shit. Does it get better? Well, I finally got my fucking Nightwing. Nice. And I don't care what anyone else says. My Nightwing. My Nightwing. Like, I am singular in that. Like, they gave me Nightwing because they read my emails. Um, they read my tweets. Yeah, Dick Grayson finally becomes Nightwing. Um, the Titans finally come together to stop both Cadmus and Deathstroke, uh, to save Jericho. Uh, Rose becomes her own hero, uh, who's Deathstroke's other child. Um, by the way, Jericho, uh, has the ability to, like, possess people. Okay. And, um, his, and then that's his son, Deathstroke, who you'd know, like, slayed from. Okay. Teen Titans. Yeah. Um... And then his daughter, Rose, kind of follows in his footsteps for a while and becomes the Ravager. Uh, Ravager? Ravager? Whatever. Kind of an assassin like him. Um, carves out her own eye to prove herself. Uh, in the comics, in the show, he carves out her eye so that she can, like, build trust with the Titans. Um, still missing an eye. Yeah. Um, but she finally, like, stands up against her dad as she did in the comics and the show. Um... Donna Troy dies, in a very... Like, she goes out saving people, but it's a very... Oh, fuck, what was the name of that crossover with Young Justice? A uh, Graduation Day. Where T, uh, Donna Troy dies, and you see, like, you know, Nightwing cradling her body, which happens in the show. Um, Connor gets free of Cadmus' control, as does Garfield Logan, um, Beast Boy. And basically, the team comes together, but it's a lot about... There's going to be a long road to hoe psychologically for them to like come back from like what they went yeah. through this season. Um, I know the popular fan theory. and I really want to get into this because... Uh, oh, and um, Starfire's sister comes to Earth. Black uh, Blackfire. Fire. Yeah. Um, do I give a shit? No, a little bit, I guess. Um, I mean, Blackfire is a main Titans, or uh, Teen Titans villain, but I think they've got better villains yeah. that they could pull in. Um, my thing, because if you looked at my phone, you'd have no idea what the fuck I was talking <laughs> about. So there's an episode where um, Donna Troy, Starfire, Raven, and Dove are kind of brought together on this like, uh, like diner in the middle of nowhere through a series of messages, hidden messages. And no Siri, I didn't say anything. Um, And at some point, they're all having, later on, on the last season, they're all having dinner with Bruce Wayne. Like, THE Bruce Wayne. And they go, you know, thank you for bringing us together. And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. Now, popular theory is that the Bruce Wayne they all saw early on was like a mental projection Um, from Raven (laughs) that's so Raven bring it back full circle there
0: yeah you did round of applause for Doug
1: Um, my theory is that the messages weren't coming from Bruce Wayne nor were they coming from Raven they were coming from Lex Luthor who is the DNA co-donor to Superboy uh, Superboy being half, super, uh, half Superman, half Lex Luthor as he is in the comics. I believe that Luthor realized that Cadmus was kind of subverting Superboy and he secretly brought the Titans together to protect his quote-unquote son. I think that may be a twist in the third season right. where you find out that Lex Luthor has kind of a vested interest. Now, is that a better theory than what's going on, on the internet? Yes. Do I we'll want to break it here scenery. first? Uh, that was the, that Bruce Wayne in the Elko Diner was a, a subconscious manifestation of
0: gotcha. the ravens. ravens'
1: powers. Which, for a quick and easy description, a quick and easy answer, yes. I think if you think about it, Luthor wanted to protect his quote-unquote son and brought the Titans together knowing that that's who would protect him. Yeah. Which, once again, introduces Lux Luthor into the third season.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: And it won't be Jesse Eisenberg. It won't be Gene Hackman, who I think may or may not be dead. I'm not sure if Gene Hackman's alive or not, upon further reflection. Obviously, won't be Kevin Spacey. Let's not put him around a bunch of teens. He tends to fuck them. Anyway, I think on that note, we'll wrap up. Uh, so I'm okay. What you got something to say about no nope. Kevin Spacey fucking nope. teens? Nope, no one does. No one does. Nope, except for those teens. I mean, all power to you. Uh, hashtag him too. Okay, I'm gonna stop. So you uh, just make it weird, Doug. Yep, as I normally do, often do, even. Uh, so nerd vomit. I'm a nerd, so's Christina. Uh, this has been our vomit. I have no outro whenever we're together, so...
0: Neither do I. We haven't come up with anything.
1: Stop making giraffe women in my dreams. Never. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play.
0: Yeah.